Hello and welcome, everyone, to Good Old Rocky Talk, a Vol Society podcast. I'm your host, Brad, here with my partners, the Davids. We're glad you're listening wherever you are. This is Good Old Rocky Talk. Welcome back to another episode of Good Old Rocky Talk. This is your host and founder of Vol Society, Brad Frank, here with my partners, as usual, David Dees, David Morrison. How we doing today, guys? Hey, what's up, Brad? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Feels good to be 7-0. 7-0. What do you think about that, Morrison? 7-0. Think about that. 7-0. and it, it almost still feels like a dream that you don't want to wake up from. I think we may have mentioned that in one of our shows, but it, this is real. I mean, we are in the thick of things in the college football playoff discussion. Uh, the, the polls will come out uh, not tomorrow, but the next Tuesday, November the 1st. So we'll definitely find out where we are in the pecking order. Of course, the main one is the final one. But, I mean, this is this is unreal, 7-0, and some it's been a great season, and no matter how this season ends, uh, this is going to be one of the most remembered seasons in Tennessee football history. Guys, it's as real as it gets. I mean, this is crazy. We're 7-0. and oh, Okay? And, and by the way, you talk about Tennessee, and they're talking about the playoffs now and all that, mentioning how about not only do we have a Hendon Hooker that's up there for Heisman, but now the discussion includes another Vol, Jalen Hyatt. This is insane. All eyes are on Tennessee, rightfully so. Everyone's rooting for us, unless you're the team we're playing against that week. People are just happy to see us back. And I'm not kidding. Let me just say this. For everyone listening here, you know that I'm a Charlotte uh, resident. I'm a season ticket owner for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, thank goodness we finally got a a, a win. Actually, a good win against uh, Tom Brady on Sunday, I should say. Besides the point, um, but I had, listen to this, guys. So the game was yesterday, 1 o'clock kickoff at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. I go with my father-in-law, uh, and then he had two of his uh, relatives uh, in town for that game. So there's four of us going, right? I convince everyone. I come up with this idea. I'm like, you know what? Would you guys be decked out in Tennessee orange if I give you shirts and hats and all that? And they were like, absolutely. So we all decked out in our orange. We went to the game Sunday. Literally, obviously, the only four people wearing Tennessee orange. But I'm going to tell you, I've never seen a reaction like this in my life. If I, I wish I could have had a camera on me running the entire time. From the moment we get out of the car, you just hear people screaming, Go Vols! Y'all are back! Y'all got a good win! Y'all got a good win against Bama! I'm rooting for you! And I'm just like, and I told the guys, I'm like, guys, because they're not Tennessee fans. They're from up north. They don't, they've never even been to an SEC game, right? They have no idea what it's like. And I'm, I've tried to tell them, Morrison, for years, you just don't understand this fan base. 
So they kind of laugh it off. I'm like, guys, I'm telling you, this that's just the beginning. You just wait until the day goes on. So long story short, we go to this uh, place we were wanting to try out. The guys were wanting to go to. It's across the street from the stadium there, right down the street. It's a brewery called Hot Fly by Bank of America Stadium. And uh, by the way, if you're ever going to a game or in the area, it's a fantastic place. Great vibe. It's just, it's it's awesome. So we go in there. We go up front, and uh, the guys order drinks or whatnot, and I say, guys, go sit down. This this one's on me. You know, you guys are guests in town. This one's on me. So they sit down. I'm sitting there. The guy's ringing me up, and I notice he only charged me like 14 bucks for all this. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. And the guy goes, yeah, I'm only going to charge you for a couple of drinks, man. The rest is on me. And I'm like, are you sure? What? Why? And he goes, because I love seeing this Tennessee orange on you, man. Go balls. And I'm like, what? I said, are you a volunteer? He goes, dude, I went to Tennessee. I'm going to take care of you guys. And I'm like, wow. So I'll tell the guys, I'll take the, you know, I'll take the drinks back. And the guys are like, wow, that's so cool. And then 10 minutes later, the guy comes back with another round on me. He says, I mean, it's out of control. Just how well we were taken care of. And I said, guys, I'm trying to tell you. This is Vol Nation. We stick together, baby. So now I have the guys all jacked up. They're excited. They can't believe all this. I'm like, I try to tell you. So we go to the game. As we're walking into the stadium, everyone still, you hear people yelling, oh, yeah, go Vols, go Vols. We walk up to to our seats, right? And we're walking up to our seats, and you just hear a chant all over the place, just yelling, go Vols, you're back. You're back. Yeah, baby. Go Vols. I'm rooting for you. I even had an Alabama guy come up to me, Morrison, and he said, yo, dude, I just want you to know I'm a Bama fan, but I was so happy to see you guys get that win, man. I know it sounds crazy, but uh, I'm glad you guys are back. Dude, that just made my day, man. What do you think about it, Morrison? Yeah, that's a great story, Brad, uh, that that whole day at the Panthers game. And, yeah, I mean, like I said, as Tennessee fans, you know, obviously we're enthusiastic being 7-0, and getting back uh, to the top of the college football world. But you look at, you know, there was a discussion this week on social media uh, between Wes Rucker of 24-7 Sports and uh, Brandon from Barstool and, of course, Wes Rucker being in favor for Tennessee and uh, Brandon from Barstool is like, oh, no, no, no. You know, college football still continues to go on, uh, you know, even if Tennessee's not back, you know. And and I will say I see both sides of it. But, you know, it's good to see not only Tennessee back as a brand, but, you know, just I I love seeing conferences uh, having more than just one team or two teams. And, We've seen this trend now since the college football playoff has expanded, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Clemson. I think there's some diehard college football fans that are getting tired of seeing these same four or five teams in the playoffs every year and winning national championships, unless you're a part of that that fan base. So here's a program like Tennessee who has uh, a prestige in – in college football and now they're on the rise and and i know there's some haters of ours who's not liking that at all but let them hate that's fine and i'm happy to see 
us getting back to the top and getting another team up there. And I think this Tennessee team, if Josh Heupel stays and if this recruiting class pays off, we're going to see Tennessee at the top five, top ten uh, in college football year in and year out. I don't think this is just a flash in a pan like LSU was a couple of years ago. Uh, I know Dees and I were talking about Michigan State last year had a great season, and now they're sitting like uh, th- under 500. Texas A&M has been a big disappointment this year. Three and four, yeah. Uh, it's just uh, I think this is – I think this is legit. This is a we're going to see this continue to trend year in and year out, being in a playoff discussion, and maybe some other programs will take be serious about their leadership, their coaches. And I'm not saying we're going to see coaches jump, you know, get fired and all that, but I think there's going to see a, a lot of programs going to look at it nicely, like, okay, if Tennessee can get to the top this quick, why can't we? Maybe like an Auburn. Maybe uh, another team from the Big Ten and the ACC, they finally can get serious and be like, let's go after these big-time schools. It's got to make you sick if you're Texas A&M and you're watching this, right? You're in year five of Jimbo Fisher. You're losing games to South Carolina on the road and, you know, just mucking it around on offense this year. Uh, That's got to really feel terrible. Yeah. We've been there, right? We've been there and done that. Not with the big-name guy. They made the big-name hire. And he left Florida State in shambles when he left. He left the cupboard very bare there, and that's why he got out. And uh, people are realizing that the game's kind of passed this guy by. He can recruit with all the money they've got down there, but when it comes to product they're putting on the field, it's it's not good. And, uh, yeah, I think just what's so incredible is how quickly and the way Tennessee is back, right? They've gotten back quickly, and they've gotten back by being the number one offense in the country and being so entertaining. So all these fans and all these kids that are out there, you can't tell me they don't love watching Tennessee play. I mean, you think they don't love seeing Jalen Hyatt run wide open five times a game catching touchdowns against Alabama? Kids that are eight, nine, ten years old are going to remember that. And so that's how you start to get your program back, right? You, you start – getting to the younger generation and they see your program doing really well and exciting brand of football. So it's, it's just good things from here on out for yeah. Tennessee. Well, and that's the top story of all of this is how quick this has happened. And it is, it's almost, uh, it's almost miraculous. <laughs> if you think about it, like I, I'm not even kidding you. I don't care if this was, uh, I don't care which program this would be. It's not, I'm not saying it because it's Tennessee. I'm saying it because it's – we've talked about this before, like what this guy came into, Hypo came into, and just – I mean, it, it doesn't make sense that in year two we would be this dominant. It, it just doesn't. There's no way to explain it besides just incredible coach, you know, and, and staff and, and, and everyone buying into what he's, what he's presented, right? So it, it really is just – uh, it's. I'm at a loss of words. Let's put it that way, but I'm going to take it, and I think all of us will at this point. We're just going to sit back and enjoy the ride, and and accept the fact that we are back. I, I can truly say we're back. As long as Hypel's there, uh, the days of getting beat by Bama, you know, getting slaughtered every year by a, an elite team like Bama, those days are over. They really are. We're back. We're legit, and it's and it's great. Hey, let's talk real quick about this Tennessee Martin game. There's, I don't want to talk too much about it. I mean, it's it's it, it's basically what we thought it would be. It was a total total beatdown. 
But real quick, 65-24, your volunteers win to, to, to make it 7-0 and for the season, which is great. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, gosh, I, I need to go back and look on my uh, Vol Society halftime uh, post. What what was it at halftime? It's almost a score of what a, a full game should be that Tennessee plays, like 50-something to 7? 52-7. Yeah, I want to say it was like 52-7. to seven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So that should tell you just kind of what that game was about. I mean, it was total yeah, d- the domination. The start of the second half looked like an orange and white game as far as attendance goes. Oh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. It was unbelievable. But we ended up, you know, winning that game 65-24. You know, and then and, and quickly, Hooker, once again, when he was in, just an excellent, excellent day again for him. 18 of 24, 276 yards, three touchdowns, and again, no interceptions. I mean, the guy is just – the guy continues to just rack up numbers. Uh, that's looking good for this Heisman uh, trophy. Uh, <laughs> keeps it going, man. He's he's uh, He's got a good shot at it. So, hats off to him. Hey, Milton. Again, we've talked about him briefly this year. When he does come in, he's looked much better than last year. Uh, I mean, I, I'm really proud of this guy. I tell you, you know, compared to last year, just, you know, he came in and had, what, four of seven, I believe, 135 yards and one touchdown. Hey, that's – and the guy looks good. He made some good passes. You know, you're not seeing a lot of those, you know, footballs that are going over the stadium like he did last year. You know, he has much better control. He's – He's doing things well this year with the ball so far. I I got to tell you, he's a fantastic backup quarterback, and I think he's going to do well for us next year. I mean, do you guys agree with that? Do you disagree? Yeah, I agree. Uh, it it feels like he feels more confident in this offense. The game, I I mean, while he played a year at Michigan and kind of went through their progression and their program and conditioning, it, it felt like everything was just kind of running 100 miles an hour, and he was just so amped up that first year. But now it feels like this offense has slowed down for him. Uh, he's, of course, you know, when he comes in and plays, he's mainly with his receivers. He's not really working with the ones. But it, he just feels more confident, feels more control. Uh, his passes, while they're still, uh, you know, deadly down the field, there's some touch and there's some finesse in the passes. And he had a great showing against UT Martin uh, yeah. through another touchdown. Yeah, he did. And then Dylan Sampson, I'm proud of that guy as well, man. He had 13 carries, 62 yards. He's going to be uh, – Dees, you can elaborate on this if you if you agree. Um, I think you do. We've talked about him before. But Dylan Sampson is going to be a really good guy for us over the next few years at Tennessee. Yeah? Yeah, he's just a, he's a freshman, but I think he's uh, – Josh Heupel's complimented multiple times about his patience. Um, he's willing to let a play develop, let his blocks get set up for him, which is something rare for a freshman. Um, so yeah, I think he's, he's definitely impressive. Um, I wanted to throw this stat out there. I don't know if you guys saw this or not. Bill Martin, Tennessee's associate athletic director posted this the other day. He said, um, so get this stat players or excuse me, teams with 40 plus receiving yards plays in 2022. So pass plays that went for 40 yards or more this season Jalen Hyatt has eight by himself Tennessee has 18 total as a team Arkansas is the next closest with seven so Jalen Hyatt with eight has more than the next closest team I mean it's unbelievable it's unbelievable the next closest team is Arkansas with seven and that you you want to know where George is on that list? Forty yard pass plays or more in twenty twenty two. They have one. God. 
Are you serious? You want to know where Kentucky is? You want to know where Kentucky is? Zero. They don't have one. Goal! I love it. That is a good stat. So, Jalen Hyatt, if he doesn't win the Heisman, which I don't think he will, but I think the Bolitnikoff is certainly within reach. I think it'll come down to him and Marvin Harrison Jr. at Ohio State. One of those two guys is going to get the Blitnikoff. Now, what I will be curious to see is if Tillman comes back, and we hope he does this week, what will that do to his production? Personally, I don't think it's going to matter. I think he gives them a different speed dimension that they don't have. Um, So, as long as they get the right matchup with him, I think he's going to keep producing. But uh, certainly his targets could go down a little bit once they get Tillman back in. But, yeah, Yeah. what a year he's having and what a year year for Jalen Hyatt. My goodness. That was incredible. What a stat. I mean, that puts it all in perspective right there. Wow. And going on, uh, as we were just talking about the game Saturday, and yeah, receiving, Jalen Hyatt, seven receptions for 174 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, the guy's just throwing up numbers like no other. It's unbelievable. And then give a shout-out to Squirrel White. I love this guy. He had five. Uh, was it five for 120? Two yards, Morrison, and one touchdown? Is that right? That's right. Five catches, 122 for a touchdown. Uh, His longest catch of the day was 64 yards, and that was the touchdown pass. I love this guy. I love this guy. He's a small guy, but he's fast as a squirrel, buddy. And um, and I got to tell you, he's got great hands. He has excellent hands. This guy, if the ball's thrown near him and he can get it, I mean, it's unbelievable. I'm telling you, he's a good athlete. I wish he was a little bigger, but that's all right. He's he's an excellent guy, and he had a great game. We got to give a shout out to Princeton Fant. Two two oh, rushing gosh. touchdowns, and then How about threw that pass? a touchdown pass. Yeah, what a he play, th- huh? He threw a touchdown pass. Spot on, by the way. He could be a quarterback. I mean, it's just fantastic. Incredible. I, I love what they're doing with him right now, down around the goal line and, oh. and short yardage situations. Just gives him another option. Kind of a Swiss Army knife type guy that they can line up in the backfield. Yeah. Well, they're doing so much back. with him. I, I love it, it. I do too. Yeah. Well, again, uh, Josh yeah. Heupel, man, at his best. Just creating plays that's. When you heard Saban say in his press conference this week that when they lined up in that I formation around the goal line in the yeah. Alabama game, they put Fant back there. His team didn't know what to do. No, they didn't. Didn't know what to do. It's incredible. This this coaching staff has outcoached every single team they've gone against this no year. No question. And, and and I don't and, think that that's going to stop anytime no. soon. And every coach will tell you that that's happened to them. And go back and watch some of the game, uh, you know, at the end of the game. Like, coaches admit it. Like, it's coach. You know, we got to do better. Like, they're – they might not say it directly, but they're they're indirectly saying, yeah, we're outcoached. I mean, the, the guy's incredible. I'm telling you, Josh Heupel, guys, is so good. I love this guy. He better never go anywhere, man. And, and, I'll, and I'll add this on the Prince Stefan, the coaching staff. You know, we've, we've seen over the years with previous coaches that just, you know, they, you know, you you play tight end. You do tight end stuff. You're a wide receiver. You you do wide receiver stuff. You know, we've seen Prince Stefan play tight end uh, quite a bit. But we know that he's had some drop passes. But I love what this coaching staff is doing. Like, okay, we know that you're you're struggling a little bit as the tight end. You're still going to be playing tight end, but we're going to utilize your talents to the best of ability. And they, like I said, you, they put him as a fullback. Uh, yeah. You know, the, he did the trick play. Uh, you know, I can't wait to see what else they can do with Princeton Fant. They're they're 
uh, using his strengths and hiding his weaknesses. Right. Well, now. that's what makes a good coach, man. Make Absolutely. the best out of the your creative. players. Yeah. Right. Creative. Be creative. And that's where we've lacked for years. We've had we haven't had a coach that. I don't even know if some of these coaches we've had can you know add five plus five. To be honest with you, I'm not kidding you. And here you have a Josh Heupel who is just ruining these coaches he's playing against. They're just confusing them. They have no idea what's going on. It's incredible. Yeah, he's certainly ahead of college football right now. We got to enjoy this because it doesn't last forever. No, it doesn't. And, and when 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 a offense like this eventually goes away and we're early on in the tenure here so don't get me wrong there's plenty more time left but i just think about florida they had steve spurrier for a decade and then he goes and then they start playing a totally different brand of football they couldn't duplicate what he was doing you know and so it's just this is a fun style and we need to enjoy this while we got it oh fantastic hey david uh mention that uh you care to share that uh, tweet you did about people's talking about our offense and uh yeah I, I just tweeted that people keep calling Tennessee an air raid offense it's because I've heard a lot of people in the media the last few weeks call Tennessee an air raid offense I listened right. to them on the SEC network and different stuff I said they don't mention that Tennessee outrushed Florida LSU and Alabama and which is true they they outrushed Florida LSU and Alabama on the ground this year what about it, folks? Love that. And you know what? It's true. Shut these idiots up, man, that just say that's all we are is an air raid offense. God. You want stats? There's stats for you, buddy. All right, guys. And then uh, last but not least, uh, what else we want to talk about? You know, I'll give a shout out to Ramel Keaton again. I mean, this guy, man, I'm loving this guy, his growth. He had another great game, too. I think he had was five for 77, and he had two touchdowns, if I'm not mistaken, against Tennessee Martin. So he had a great game as well. Defense, you know, we did what we needed to do. Uh, I do want to give one shout out to, uh, to Mary McDonald. I think he led the team. If I'm not mistaken, Morrison, what do you have? Like four or five tackles? I want to give a shout out to him. He had a great, he had a great night, and that's pretty much it. I don't think there's anything much else to talk about regarding that game. It was a blowout, like we thought it would be. It puts us at seven and zero. Uh, let's move on to our next, uh, our next segment that I like to do. It's uh, what, what did we learn this past, uh, this past week in college football? So I guess to start things off, how about Ole Miss? How about that game, guys? They, uh, that was one of the big ones for me. I, I, I for me. Uh, personally, just to think that, you know, Ole Miss, that ranked, they were ranked seventh in the nation. They get obliterated. I, I didn't get to watch this game, but I saw it afterwards. I was busy Saturday, and I, I looked it up on my phone. I couldn't believe it. I mean, LSU came back and put a beat down on them, 45 to 20. And the reason why that, that means something to me, gosh, it just makes us look so much better. Even better, guys. I mean, because we murder LSU, and then LSU murders Ole Miss. It's crazy. Are we that good, guys? Yeah. And and I think LSU is about to have a monster November. I mean, I know they get Bama this week, but after Bama, I think uh, LSU is going to be one of the hot teams. in. Hey, can LSU play with Bama this week? Yes or no? Curious. Your thoughts. 
I think they can hang in there with them. Now, I think I, I would, if I had to pick a winner, I would probably take Bama to take yeah. the win. But we've seen Bama struggled on the road every game so far. As a matter of uh, fact, the yeah. last time they were on the road was our place. We all know what happened. Uh, but you know, struggled with Texas, uh, and now you you know struggled in Knoxville. Now you're going down to Baton Rouge, and they still got to go to Oxford. Uh, I, like I said, I think LSU right now is peaking at the right time. Jaden Daniels is doing a great job at quarterback. Uh, we'll find out how really good they are this Saturday. Uh, but after that Alabama game, I, I expect to see LSU to have a monster yeah. November. Two words for you, Bryce Young. Okay. Alabama will win that game. It's at Death Valley. It's at night. It'll be a rough atmosphere. I get all that. I just I think Bryce Young's just that good, and I think he ran into yeah. an offense who could outscore him in Tennessee. LSU won't be able to do that. No, I think Bama wins that game Saturday. But I'm going to tell you right now. You heard it here first. I think. I think LSU can make a game out of it. I really do. I think at the end of the day, though, I think Bama ends up winning by like 14, maybe 14, maybe 17 there at the late at the end. But something tells me that that they're going to play them a little tough. Bama's, you know, they're hit or miss this year, man, how they play. But you're right. Bryce Young's going to pull through for them. Uh, but I am interested to see how that game goes. Bama should win that game, no question. But I think it's going to be a, a, an interesting game to see. I, I think a little bit of that LSU game is fool's gold because I think Ole Miss hadn't played anyone, and they finally played somebody. Yeah, uh, that had some that's talent, true too. And had an off it, you know, they had a quarterback that could play, and they they had an awful front part of their schedule. They almost should have lost to Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. toughest game uh, Ole Miss has played this year. Who is it? Kentucky and they squeaked it out. It's Kentucky. Um, Will Levis screwed up at the end and and uh, had some turnovers. Yeah, and snapped the ball too quickly, and so they ended up losing the game because. Yeah. Of and then let's move on to Clemson. We get Will Levis this week. Yeah, and let's move on to Clemson real quick. Gosh, you guys watch that game. I mean, they really almost got beat, man. Syracuse is a good team this They're year, guys. And what yeah, I learned from that, Clemson's I think. Not good. And I, exactly. So you just took it out of my mouth. I learned that, you know, Clemson is not as good as people think they are. What a game that was 27 to 21, barely beating uh, Syracuse. Very interesting game. And then, gosh, we talked, we talked about Tennessee it briefly. would absolutely hammer Clemson. Tennessee I, would run them off the field. They beat them by 30 points. No question. I believe that a hundred percent. And then A&M, we talked about this continues to struggle under, uh, Oh God. <sighs> under Jimbo Fisher, 30, what was it? What was that score? 30-24, am I right on that? It was close, yeah, 30-24 against South Carolina. God, what is happening? Yeah, South Carolina got up 17-0 early. I know. It ended up being a game, but uh, yeah. And South Carolina is not good either. It's just two South- bad teams. Yeah, South they took Carolina's the opening kickoff good. and scored. Yeah. In that game, too. South Carolina is not a great team. Oh, my God. You guys got anything you want to add about this past TCU, week? T- TCU remains unbeaten. They're, they beat yes. uh, Kansas State 38-28. They move on to 7-0. and yep. Sonny Dykes has done a great job at TCU. Um, if it comes down to it at the end and they're still undefeated, um, I think they would get in instead of a one – I think they would get in instead of three SEC teams. 
So I think you'd have Ohio State or Michigan, whoever wins that game, and then you'd have the winner of the SEC championship and yeah. the second SEC team. But I think a third SEC team would get beat out by TCU if I they stay unbeaten that. at this point. I agree yeah. with that. How about you, Morrison? I think that's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't see three teams getting in. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to the Oregon Ducks. So the last time we saw the Oregon Ducks on a national television scale, they were getting just dominated by George in the Chick-fil-A kickoff game. But now they've just quietly cr- climbed back into the top ten, and they defeated an undefeated UCLA team uh, in Eugene, 45-30. And Bo Nix, you know, like I said, had an awful game against Georgia in week one, is actually playing very well. He's actually now one of the hottest quarterbacks in college football. So the Ducks back in the top ten, and uh, that Pac-12 race uh, is kind of now wide open a little bit. Of course, they still have divisions in the Pac-12, but they don't do the North champion versus the South champion. They just take the top two teams from the the conference, which I think a lot of conferences should go with that now, but that's another story for another day. Uh, you know, I, like I said, between I, – I still think UCLA is still a contender. USC is still there, even though they lost to Utah, but they're still in there. But, you know, Oregon and Dan Landing is uh, doing something right now up in Eugene. Of course, Oregon has always been an established program in the last 20 years. Uh and it just feel, besides uh, Willie Taggart, uh, it seems like whoever had, takes over that head coaching job has uh, had major success out there. So, yeah. who goes to the Ducks? Quack, Absolutely. Quack. Yeah, thanks, Morrison. Let's move on to our mailbag section, guys. Let's answer a few questions from our fans on Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, even YouTube. We're kind of all over, guys. And if you're listening to this, you have found us on good old Rocky Talk, so we thank you for joining us. And this is a part of our uh, Vol Society. Okay? And do us a favor. If you like what you're listening to, go find us on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube. Subscribe. We'd love to have you there. And, and guys, I, I, I got to say, in particular, we're, we're thriving on our Facebook page. It's unbelievable. And I think it's worth mentioning the the amount of love we have on our Facebook, uh, the growth. I mean, we have thousands of followers on there. And and I got to mention this. We had posted my fan reaction this past week of the Alabama game, the outcome, when the field goal went through. The, my wife loves to record. She recorded me, and, of course, I lost my mind. I was crying, and I was just going nuts, screaming. Uh, this just tells you how how big our Vol Society page is getting, guys. As of today, and it's growing by the thousands every hour. As of today, am I right on this, Morrison? I think we're we're getting near five hundred thousand views on that video. Is that right? That is correct. <laughs> it, it's, it's ridiculous. Most, it's definitely our most viewed post. Uh, or definitely most viewed video. Uh, even on our YouTube page, uh, it's become the no- most popular video on our YouTube uh, channel. I mean, everywhere. I mean, it's you, unreal. You are a trending social media <laughs> star, my friend. I mean, half a million views. That's crazy on our Facebook page. 
So guys, do us a favor. If you like the content you're listening to and, and, and you're enjoying this, please follow along. We'd love to have you. On Facebook, it's Vol Society. Just search that and you'll find us. Uh, Twitter, we are at Society Vol, so it's backwards. You'll find us there. And then on YouTube, it's uh, it's youtube.com slash Vol Society. You can find some of our cool, funny videos and stuff there. All right, so let's move on to our mailbag, guys. Uh, let's go to our first question from Will G. from Chattanooga, Tennessee. He asks on Facebook, which game left on Tennessee's schedule worries you the most? Hmm. That's a good question. I'm gonna let Morrison go first on this one. Short and sweet. Let's keep it under. Uh, let's keep this under two minutes. Morrison, go. Uh, it has to be the Georgia game, to me. Uh, that's for the SEC East crown. Uh, winner of that game goes to Atlanta. You're, you're playing in Athens. Going to be a hostile environment. They've already announced that's a 3:30 CBS game. Uh, could possibly be a one versus two matchup because that's when the first college football playoff poll is released. The, the whole nation is going to be watching. Uh, to me, this is going to be a big one. I mean, Kentucky's going to be big also this Saturday, uh, but to me, that Georgia game is the one I'm worried about the most. Yeah. David Dees. Things in football change all the time, week to week. You have injuries. You have things that happen. If you ask me today, <clears throat> which game am I the most worried about, I say none of them. I'm not worried at all. When you got the number one offense in the country, the hype train keeps building and building and going and going, and there's not anything anybody's going to be able to do to stop it. So Tennessee's offense is going to continue to run roughshod over the SEC. That includes Kentucky. That includes Georgia. As long as they've got a healthy Hendon Hooker and they've got Josh Heupel as their coach, uh, nothing's slowing down this Tennessee offense that's ranked number one in the country that averages 50 points a game. No one's going to be able to score with this Tennessee offense. Uh, so, no, I'm not worried about any of the games left on the regular season schedule. God! And uh, when, we get to the, when we get to the SEC championship and we get to the playoffs, we'll discuss it again then. Uh, this is a week-to-week proposition. you got to focus on Kentucky this week. But in terms of worry, no. These other teams should be worried. Georgia should be worried. Kentucky should be worried. Missouri should be worried. Vanderbilt should be worried. And whoever else is on there, that may be it. Those are the teams that need to be worried, not Tennessee. God, the confidence in David D's right now. GBO, baby. We just made the entire SEC fan base, besides Tennessee fans, mad at us. Thank you, Dees. <laughs> that's, that's, that's okay. God. <laughs> Can you smell the confidence in the air tonight, folks? So that's what I think about it, Will G. Hopefully you're not worried. You don't need to be worried. If you're a Tennessee fan, you don't need to be worried. Let me tell you right now, David Dees, David Morrison, and Will G for the question. I'm a little different than what David Dees is going to say. I'm kind of leaning more on the Morrison side of things here. You ask a question, which game left on our schedule worries you? I would say I'm not worried about it. However, it's, I would phrase it as our biggest game left, and that's definitely Georgia for the reasons Morrison said. I'm not worried because I really have a lot of confidence in our boys getting it done. 
In fact, Morrison, I'm the only one at the beginning of the year when we talked about predictions. Did I not say Georgia was going to be a win? I said it. Yes, you did. I still stand by that, and more than ever do I feel confident that we're going to get that win. I truly do. In fact, how confident am I? What did I purchase, Morrison, last weekend? Oh, I believe you booked a a room not too far from Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Just so happened to be the night of the SEC championship game. You better believe it. I got the last room left that's literally right across the street, 20 steps away from the Atlanta Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Why? Because that's the confidence I have in these boys. Let's go. Does that answer your question, Will D? Any week you can lose a game, right? His question was, who on Tennessee's schedule worries you? No one worries me. We have the better team, and if we go out and execute, we'll win our games. Love it. Love it. Let's go to Tom Y. Tom Y. from Halls, Tennessee. On Facebook, he asked, Will Tillman be back against Kentucky? Well, I personally think, um, I don't know this. We don't know this yet. They said when he's 100%, he'll be back. I do think he will be back for Kentucky. That's my opinion. Will he play the entire game? I don't know, but I think he's going to come in and certainly get some reps. Um, Just to kind of, you know, get ready for that next week. You want to have him definitely ready for that Georgia game. So that's my opinion. I I, I do believe he's going to be back uh, somewhat on the field playing. Uh, you guys, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think I could see him coming back uh, by Kentucky. Um, you know, like I said, we don't know right off the top of head, but, you know, I'm excited to see whenever he does come back and see, you know, obviously he's going to fit right back in his role. Uh, and I know Hennon Hooker and Cedric Tillman have great chemistry together, especially going back to last year. And uh, and it's been so refreshing seeing our other wide receivers fill in that void while he's out. And obviously, when he does come back, whether it's this Saturday, next Saturday, whenever, uh, he's going to be welcomed back with open arms. He's going to fit in that offense very well. And it's just we're just going to pick up where we were. Hey, question, guys. I know this is me just playing like uh, devil's advocate or whatever, but this is a talk show, and I think it's important to do this. I'm just throwing this out there. Our offense has been fantastic, seriously, with, with Tillman being out. Yes or no? Yes. The answer is yes. I don't even need to get your answer. And our receivers have stepped up, obviously. Brew McCoy, uh, Ramel Keaton, Jalen Hyatt. I mean, these guys are crushing it. Chemistry's been fantastic in his in Tillman's absence as absence. So my question to you guys is this. Even though Tillman is an incredible receiver, on paper probably the best Tennessee has, is there a uh, is there a chance? I've seen this happen before in sports where your star comes back and and maybe like 
I don't know, kind of like disrupts what's been going on and, and, and the chemistry is, is not what it was. Do you know what I'm saying? Is, is that a possibility or am I just like overthinking this? Yeah, I, I, I think you're overthinking it. I think what's happened since he's been out is Hen and Hooker's gotten more comfortable with other targets. It's allowed Jalen and Hyatt or Mel Keaton and Brew McCoy to get more confident. And like Tillman is not the explosive threat like Jalen Hyatt is. So that's not going away. Uh, they're going to continue to scheme that up and they're mm. going to continue to hit Jalen Hyatt for those. And it's just a different, it's a different deal because Cedric Tillman is what I would consider as a better like possession receiver, right? So like if it's a third and six and you got to get six tough yards or seven yards, you know, I, I think he adds a lot of value there. He's also great in blocking in the run game. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy that hidden hooker is extremely comfortable with. And before we would criticize Hooker for using him as too much of a security blanket. Like, Oh, all the targets are going to Tillman. They need to get brew McCoy and Jalen Hyatt more involved. Well, now he's done that. And I don't think he's going to revert back to just only targeting Cedric Tillman. Uh, I think, I think there's a way to marry all of this so that it all blends well. And keep in mind, these guys have been practicing together too. It's not like when they go out there on Saturday, it's going to be the first time that he's thrown anything to Cedric Tillman in weeks. You know, they're, they're, they're used to playing with him in practice the last, this past week. And, uh, you know, Josh Heupel will find a way to make it all work. And Alex, Alex yeah. Golish, they'll find a way to make it work. Yeah. Cool. Just wanted to ask. I, I love that another defense has to respect him to that degree. And they were really having to do it with Ramel Keaton because Ramel Keaton has done a great job. Uh, he's going to be an unsung hero this year just for the way he filled in while Tillman was out. Uh, think of how many big catches he's had. He's had some really big catches. Like on third downs, there's at least two oh, or three that I can think of. He had a couple against Bama. He had some against Florida. He had that long diving catch against Florida. Oh, it was unbelievable. He's yeah. really done a great job. I'm so happy for him. He's been wonderful this year. Yeah. Very proud of that guy. Okay. Let's go to Greg T. Last question. Greg T. from Portland, Tennessee. Where's Portland, Tennessee, guys? Anyone know? It's the home of Corey Brewer. Uh, it's like towards West Tennessee. Mm, okay. Shout out Corey Brewer. Yep. Definitely. Uh, well, Greg asked, which fan base is the most uh, is the most delusional? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> good question. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good question. Dees, what do you got, bud? For the past 15 years, probably Tennessee. No, um, I, <laughs> I would say uh, there's a lot of them, man. Every fan base has their crazies. Um, I could probably say most unlikable fan base for me. Within the SEC, that's probably either Alabama or Georgia yeah. or Kentucky. Those three just kind of rub me wrong for different reasons. As they um, should. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter, and so I see all the Twittiots and you know all that stuff, and yeah, that doesn't represent the whole fan base. But just if you're going off the vocal minority there, those are the three that I really don't like. And then you go into the uh, outside of the SEC, and Ohio State's my number one. I don't like oh. Ohio State. We talked about that earlier today, Dees. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree with that. Ohio State just rubs me the wrong way. Fan base and all. I, oh, God. That's probably my number one right now. 
that's not SEC. SEC, I think you pretty much nailed it. Um, man, we're going to have enemies tonight. I hate to say it, but um, Kentucky, I've always had a bad experience with Kentucky. In all sports, not just football, basketball, they're some of the worst fans. Oh, sorry, guys, if you're, if you're a Kentucky fan, well, first of all, you shouldn't even be listening because this is good old Rocky <laughs> talk. Okay, that's number one. Number two. I've got Kentucky friends, but we're just talking about the fan base, right? We're There's talking about the fan base. There's exceptions. Not, not, exceptions. not the, not the state of Kentucky. The fan base as a whole. There's always good fans. Hey, hey listen, Greg asked the question, guys. All right? I didn't ask the question. I'm doing my duty here as your host to answer Greg's question. We all have terrible fans. We all have those. But I'm going to answer your question, Greg. And Kentucky's got, uh, overall, a terrible fan base. My next would be uh, definitely the Gators. Um, oh, awful. I have many, many stories about the, the Gator fan base. And uh, anyways... Those would be mine, Greg. I'm not going to – I don't want to have too many enemies tonight, so I'm going to stop there. Uh, Morrison, what about you, bud? New Mexico State and Hawaii. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I don't know any of them. No, uh, I would – yeah, as far as SEC goes, yeah, probably Bama, Florida, Kentucky, right in there, uh, just for a variety of reasons. Uh, outside. Notre Dame, I've you know, you know their fan base is, I would say, somewhat delusional. They they still kind of, I mean, I know you know, uh, pot calling the kettle black. You know, we rely too much on the past, but Notre Dame definitely does. I mean, you know, they're still talking about Newt Rockney and uh, the the Four Horsemen and uh, Lou Holtz, and you know, they're still relying on the past, and of course. You know, they had their big NBC uh, national televised uh, for, you know, all their games are on their channels. But, you know, I, I, I think it has to be number one. And I think a lot of college football fans besides Notre Dame fans would probably put the Fighting Irish at number one. Also, Miami back in the 80s and 90s and 2000s was probably right up there. But now it feels like all those fans have jumped off the bandwagon. They can't even get 20,000 fans in their stadium. <laughs> oh man that's right guys let's go to our final segment let's talk about this kentucky game real quick what are your thoughts um what's everyone's thoughts on this tennessee kentucky game it's a big one there's no denying that this is uh we have to play one game at a time and as much as i hate to say it you know it this is not going to be a tennessee martin game i can tell you that um you know, I guess, I guess my thought on this is, you know, they um, Kentucky they lose to both Ole Miss and South Carolina, um, but they do get a win, their last game over a uh, what I would say a not so great Mississippi State team. What was that, twenty seven seventeen? They got the win, but I mean, not by that much, ten points. So I think they continue to show signs of uh, struggling. You know, they started off real hot. Everyone thought, oh, man, Kentucky's woo, elite. 
Valley ranked team, which drove me nuts. We talked about this off air many times that that ain't going to last and that they're not as good as what people are thinking they're, you know, they are. So bottom line, they continue to struggle a little bit as of late. It's going to continue this Saturday when they face the greatest offense they will see all year. David Morrison, go. Yeah, uh, this is a big game coming up once again this Saturday, Neyland Stadium, and a big rivals of ours, Kentucky. Uh, we feel very confident. Uh, Tennessee's going to do very well in this game. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what Kentucky does. Will Levis, you know, everybody's top pick to go in the NFL draft. I don't know why, but that's your opinion. Uh, you know, on the year, over 1,600 yards passing. Uh, he's got 13 touchdowns, five interceptions on the year. But the, the, the thing I'm actually kind of happy for is he's not a running quarterback. As a matter of fact, he's been sacked a lot this year. Uh, uh, for uh, like I said, that offensive line has not done very well pass protection wise. Uh, a couple of guys to watch out for Kentucky wise. It's been kind of a thorn of our side the last couple of years. The two running backs, Chris Rodriguez Jr. and Cavassier Smoke. Uh, you know these two guys have played a couple of games against us, and they've done some damage in the past before. So that's two guys I'm kind of interested to see uh, as far as. Receivers go, you know, maybe Robinson or Brown, you know, if they break open. Uh, like I said, our defense has got to be ready. But like I said, you know, at the same time, I'm confident in the offense. I'm confident in Hendon Hooker, confident in the running game. We have the best wide receiver core in the country, no doubt about it. Even with Cedric Tillman maybe coming back, I mean, this is going to be, in my opinion, a, a pretty solid Tennessee victory. Uh, I think Tennessee's a 12-and-a-half point favorite. I think we can cover that very well all right david dees yeah i, I agree I'm, I'm i've got uh you know last year kentucky made their hay against tennessee with chris rodriguez their running back uh he's a powerful back he's a big back he's very physical um that's the strength of their offense and then i look at tennessee the strength of their defense is they've limited people's running games this year they've been really good and stout against the run so it's strength on strength there, um, which I think will be an interesting thing to watch throughout the game. But bottom line, Kentucky doesn't run an offense or have the horses on offense to stay in a game with Tennessee. As long as Tennessee goes out and executes offensively, they don't do anything crazy on special teams. Uh, you know, they play sound and uh, they don't turn the ball over on offense. Tennessee's going to win this game uh, by, by multiple scores. I don't think Kentucky and Will Levis is – um, up for the challenge against Tennessee. They're just, they don't have the firepower. Yeah. All right, guys, let's end this on a, uh, on a high note here with our score predictions Saturday. It's a night game in Neyland playing the Kentucky Wildcat. What are, are they ranked? What are they ranked? They're number 19 this week. Okay, they're 19. The number 19 Wildcats. This is going to be an interesting one to predict. Curious, guys, what do we have? 
David Morrison, start us off, buddy. So I mentioned Tennessee's a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. I think it's going to be a blowout. I'm going Tennessee 45, Kentucky 26. Big wow. time win. Here we are, close predictions again. I love it. All right. Well, I had, I'll just go next, just because it's so close to yours, Morrison. I've got Tennessee 48, Kentucky 27. Good gosh, guys. We're all right there. Oh, -uh. my God. Are you there, too? Yeah. What are you? This is amazing. (sighs) We do not talk about, guys, we do not talk about these at all with each other. So So this is why it's so interesting. Go ahead, Dees. And I will say, I think Tennessee's going to be wearing black uniforms. And they're going to be wearing black helmets for the first time oh, with those black uniforms. They're it. going dark mode. So it's going to be a, a good look on the eve of, well, it's not quite the eve. Halloween The eve weekend. eve of Halloween. It's yeah. called Halloween weekend. Um, yeah. Halloween weekend, yeah. I'm going Tennessee 49, Kentucky 28. <laughs> God, we're all around each other. It's crazy, yeah. Isn't that wild? We'll see just shows that my bros here are the right guys to be on this show with me because our minds are all right there in sync with each other. That's incredible. I got to tell you, that's actually incredible. We're all within like a point or something like that off. All three of us. And it's really close to their averages, right? That's all we're really thinking about here. Tennessee averages 50 a game. Yeah, you're right. So it puts us all within within the range. Kentucky averages 26 a game. And so we're just essentially saying we think both offenses are going to go out and produce what they normally do, and there you got it. If if that plays out that way, then Tennessee's a a three-touchdown favorite. All right, guys. Well, there you have it, our predictions. Let's hope we are correct. And at least we get the win. Let's put it that way. And if we do... Let's get through this one. Yeah, let's get through this one. And if we do get through this one, we become 8-0 on the regular season. Doesn't it just make you feel good to think that, guys? Eight and no? Incredible. Last time we went eight and no, the next week we were the number one team in the nation. That was in 1998. Could it happen again? Well, I heard the temperature Saturday. I heard the temperature at that game Saturday was, what, 70? I don't know, like 75, 74? 72. 72? But they said on the Weather Channel that it felt like 98. Mm -hmm. Wink, wink. Let's go, baby. All right, everyone. Well, that's going to do it for us today. We thank you once again for listening to good old Rocky Talk. Guys, I had a great, great conversation with the two of you tonight. Thanks for joining me as usual. (laughs) Let's get this win Saturday night. And we'll be back here next week. 
starting the show saying, Ain't no, baby, let's do it. This has been your host of Good Old Rocky Talk, Brad Frank, along with David Dees and David Morrison. Have a good night. Have a great week. And let's go Vols. <laughs>